0: Hello and welcome to Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar.
1: This is Lieutenant Van of the Cape Town Police, Mr. Dollar. Oh yeah,
2: Lieutenant, I've been trying to get you. Anything new on the Forbes murder?
1: I'm afraid not.
2: How about the diamond?
1: It's still missing.
2: Oh, so far we're betting zero. Any suspects?
1: Oh yes, indeed. Who is it? Not it. Mr. Dollar, they.
2: What do you mean, Lieutenant?
1: How many guests would you say were at Andrew Forbes' party last evening?
2: Um, sixty.
1: Then we have sixty suspects.
0: Oh, great! Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cape Town, South Africa, to the Home Office, Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Assignment, the star of Cape Town matter. Expense account continued. Mm -hmm. Item seven, cab fare from my hotel to police headquarters. So far in this job, I'd been a big, brilliant nothing. I figured Lieutenant Van Tyle of the Cape Town police might be able to supply a few answers. But as it turned out, all he had on his mind was questions.
1: Now, Mr. Dollar, suppose you sit down and explain your connection with this affair.
2: Sure, Lieutenant. I can make it short, if not sweet. Andrew Forbes was an international playboy.
1: I am well aware of that. Cape Town has entertained Mr. Forbes before, or vice versa.
2: Well, then you probably also know that he recently inherited a very large diamond known as the Star of Cape Town. Yes. The company I represent was carrying the insurance on that stone, $150,000. They didn't like the way Forbes was flashing it around. They thought he was a bit too careless with it. I was trying to talk him into using a little common sense. And
1: that is why you came here to Cape Town.
2: Yeah, but it looks like I've struck out. Struck Forbes out? Forbes is dead and the diamond's gone.
1: You were at the party from sometime before Forbes' murder until afterwards. Hmm?
2: That's right. You
1: stayed in the main room the entire time?
2: Well, Yeah. Oh, now look, Lieutenant, I'd hardly fly all the way here to bump off a guy. Just if that's...
1: questions, Mr. Dollar. Just questions. Yeah,
2: but what I need right now is answers.
1: As do I. These other guests at Forbes' party, did you know any of them?
2: No. Well, I met a girlfriend of his named Sheila, and a couple other people were pointed out to me. Who were they? Oh, Forbes' older sister, Agatha, for one. A real aristocratic type. You can cross her off your list. Oh? Yeah, she disapproved of Forbes, all right, but not to the extent of sticking a knife in him, I'm pretty sure. It would have been beneath her dignity, if nothing else. Besides, she didn't leave the main room during the party either. Then there was Helen. Helen who? Oh, I never did find out her last name. She arrived at the party late, and Forbes seemed to zero in on her right away. Zero in? I mean, he spent the rest of the evening with her. They danced for a while, then they went out on the terrace, and come to think of it... I never did see her come back inside. And I didn't see Forbes again either until I went to his room and found him dead. I see. We shall try to find this Helen. Can you describe her? Well, I didn't get nearly as close a look as I'd have liked to. Oh? Yeah, from what I could see, a real doll, Lieutenant. Dark hair, turn up nose, fine complexion. Oh, Mr.
1: Dollar, we need an objective description, not an appreciation.
2: <laughs> well, at the time, I was more interested in her as a prospect than a suspect.
1: I see. And you say you knew none of the other guests? That's right. We've been
2: unable to find any sort of guest list. Oh, don't waste your time looking. There isn't any. No? Yeah, Forbes explained that he had a charming habit of inviting whoever he ran into. He said that half of the fun was in seeing who turned up. Well, that rather complicates
1: matters, doesn't it? It sure does.
2: Mr. Dollar,
1: diamond thefts are not unknown to us here in Cape Town.
2: No, I imagine not.
1: Here are some photos of known jewel thieves.
2: Hmm, mug shots, huh?
1: Please see if you recognize any of these people as having been at the
2: party. it'd well, be a little hard to remember. You know, people were drifting in and out all evening, and it was. Wait a minute, who's this guy?
1: That is Julio Biak, a jewel thief. Do you recognize him? Starky guy.
2: Hmm, yeah, sort of looks familiar, but I can't seem to place him. Could he have been at the party? Oh, it's possible, but I can't be sure. Perhaps it will come to you later. I hope something comes to me sooner or later. That diamond, for instance. But at this point, I had to admit it didn't look very likely. One murder, 60 suspects. You get better odds than that on a roulette wheel. I left headquarters and decided to walk around a little, see if I could coax up some kind of ideas to my next step. I went down to the waterfront and looked around. Nice view, no ideas. Then, as I was walking along a narrow, deserted street, I realized I had company. The shadow from the top of the building next to me ran along the middle of the street, and I could see a silhouette. I stopped. So did the shadow on top of the building. I started up again. So did the shadow. I started edging out away from the sidewalk for a look. The shadow raised its arms suddenly, and I ducked. A large building tile crashed to the sidewalk right where I'd been a second ago. I jumped for a rickety fire escape over my head and scrambled up to the roof. Nobody in sight. Roofs stretching out in all directions. Warehouses, loading sheds. Whoever it was could have been a block away by now. Pretty ironic. Somebody trying to take me out of the ball game when I didn't even know which team had the ball. I went back to my hotel room. Two steps inside, I stopped cold. I'd caught a whiff of what smelled like a pretty expensive perfume. It certainly wasn't my shaving lotion. Hello, Johnny. Wow. Sheila. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now. You were wearing that perfume at the party last night.
3: I've been waiting for you. Let's talk.
2: Uh-huh. Any particular subject?
3: Last night. What happened, oh, Johnny?
2: give me that. You were there, too. You remember?
3: I left before it happened.
2: I think. What do you mean, you think?
3: I guess I had a few too many last night. I don't remember some of it.
2: No? You were making pretty good sense when I was talking to you.
3: Well, after that, I mean.
2: And you were with it enough to react when Forbes and Helen went out on the terrace together. Don't, Johnny. Did you do it? Oh, well, now, that's a switch.
3: I'm not kidding, Johnny. You went to his room... There's
2: only one way you'd know that, Sheila. You were outside somewhere watching.
3: Yes. After I left, I went around and back. And? Pretty soon, Helen came out of his room... She was carrying something. Oh, what? Don't worry, it wasn't the diamond. I was close enough to see it. Even if I hadn't been, I guess I'd have known. What do you mean? It was a small bottle of perfume. That was always the first step. Perfume. And always the same kind.
2: Oh. That kind you're wearing.
3: Yes. It's got a great name. Forever. What happened then? I walked around the garden a few minutes, trying to decide whether to have it out with Andy once and for all. I started back toward the terrace, then I saw you heading for his room, so I left. I said, don't, Johnny. If I'd done it, would I have told you I was out in the garden?
2: You would if you were afraid somebody'd seen you there and would tell me about it.
3: Oh? And I suppose you figured out a motive for me, too.
2: A couple of possibilities. You told me you'd been on a merry-go-round with Forbes for a long time. Maybe you couldn't stand the thought of anyone else getting aboard.
3: Helen? Helen? That sort of thing's happened before, Johnny.
2: Or maybe you figured the only way to get off that merry-go-round was to get rid of the guy who ran it.
3: And the diamond.
2: <laughs> that could buy you a lot of rides somewhere else.
3: And I thought I was the cynic. You really have a nice opinion of people, haven't you?
2: I'm afraid most of the people I get myself involved with on these jobs aren't very nice, you know.
3: I didn't do it. All right, if you didn't, I'm sure Lieutenant Van Tal will find out. I know. I'm on my way there now. Oh? He phoned me an hour ago. I thought I'd stop by and talk to you before I went. Johnny, you don't really think I could do a thing like that,
2: do you? I guess not, Sheila. One thing I am interested in, though. What's that? You're finally off the merry-go-round.
3: How does it feel? It isn't real. That merry-go-round was all I ever knew... She walked out of the room looking... well, empty
2: is the best word I can think of. And I kept wondering what she'd been like before the merry-go-round. The rest of the day I spent composing soothing cablegrams... in reply to angry ones from McNabb of Tri-Eastern Indemnity. The inquest was the following morning, but the verdict was no help. Death at the hands of person or persons unknown. Lieutenant Van Tyle told me that Forbes' sister, Agatha... had decided to shove off that afternoon on the Southern Empress... So I went down to the dock and aboard ship an hour before sailing, hoping I could get in a word with her. Farewell parties were clogging the lounges and the passageways. I waited outside Agatha Forbes' stateroom until she arrived. Miss Forbes?
3: What? Oh, Mr. Dollar, isn't it?
2: Yes, I didn't have a chance to meet you at your brother's party he last night. He told me
3: about you. It's too bad you weren't able to persuade him to put that, that diamond in the safety sooner.
2: Miss Forbes, I wonder if you'd answer a few I'm questions I'm very about... sorry,
3: Mr. Dollar. I am completely exhausted. I don't wish to talk about it. But there are certain... I made my statement to the police. There's nothing further to add. About the diamond, There's however... There's been too much publicity about the entire tragedy as it is. I have no wish to add to it. I'm very sorry, Mr. Dollar. I should be in New York in a month or so. Perhaps I shall have recovered from the experience sufficiently by then to talk about it intelligently. Only
2: trouble is, by then the diamond could be in Timbuktu or... So. See you later, Miss Forbes. What snapped me into action was a glimpse of a girl at the end of the passageway just entering the lounge. I couldn't be sure, but it looked like Helen. By the time I reached the lounge, she was nowhere in sight. Then I saw another familiar face over in one corner. The mugshot I'd seen at police headquarters. Julio Biak, jewel thief. And now I had him pegged. He'd been the stocky bartender at Forbes' party. The guy who disappeared just before the murder. He spotted me and ducked into a passageway. I went after him. He turned a corner, and that was his mistake. Blind alley. So I closed in on him. We circled. Now, I was at the blind end, and that was my mistake, because suddenly there was a knife in his hand. He held it low like an expert. Now, Mr. Dollar... Oh, you must have a trunk full of knives, Julio. Oh, I need this one. Just like the one you slipped into Forbes, huh? And you... He lunged (laughs) at me. I ducked to one side and kicked at the knife. He whirled and dove, but now I had him...
1: I'm glad you had him sent ashore and locked up, Mr. Dollar. It may be we have
2: found our killer. But not the diamond, Lieutenant. It was not on him, eh? Nowhere. And that can mean just one thing. Either Julio is working with somebody who's sailing on the Southern Empress, or he's after somebody aboard who has the diamond.
1: In that case, Mr. Dollar... In
2: that case, the Southern Empress is going to have another passenger, me. <laughs> I checked with a purser who agreed to squeeze me aboard. Then I headed back to my hotel room to pick up my luggage. I could still smell Sheila's perfume in the room. Then as I bent over to lock my suitcase, I spotted a movement out of the corner of my eye. I tried to whirl, but too late, something hard connected to the back of my left ear and I went down and out. I don't know how long it was before I came to. The room was swimming, but I managed to get to the window and looked out. Then I realized somebody had voted me the man they'd least like to take a cruise with. The Southern Empress was underway and steaming out of the harbor.
0: Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, I take a trip, all right. A one way trip. Join us, won't
2: you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone.